0: We we are friends of God. God is our friend, and when we love one another, we are friends to one another in the name of Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that helps us to see that more clearly in the Gospel of John. We're going to look at John 15, verses 9 through 17 as we make our way through this series called Dear God, a series on praying the names of God. These are the words of Jesus Christ to his followers the night before he died on the cross. As the Father has loved me, so, I, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. The word of the Lord for all of us today. Thanks be to God. Last Sunday... In our Dear God series, we spoke of the importance of knowing the authentic voice of God in the midst of all of the other clamoring voices, and you heard Amanda speak of that in her prayer earlier this morning. A lot of things clamor for our attention, and if we're not careful, we can get sidetracked and stop listening to the authentic voice of God. Last Sunday I shared that story of Michael Phelps, the greatest Olympian of all time, the most decorated Olympian in history. And you remember a couple of years ago, he got in some trouble with the law, he got his second DUI, and we shared last Sunday that he had, he had really um, settled, or I guess you would say sank into a deep depression. His, his, um, his feeling was just despair. And he didn't want to live. Thankfully, he had a great friend named Ray Lewis, the former linebacker with the Baltimore Ravens. And that was one of the calls he made after this DUI happened in Baltimore. And Ray Lewis met with Michael Phelps and shared with him that great book by Rick Warren, The Purpose Driven Life. And Phelps devoured that book and it helped him to get his life back on track. It helped him to be able to focus That God was with him and that he needed God in his life. And get back on track in his training and you've been able to see the the way that God has worked in his life. And that uh, blessing of being able to do very well in these Rio Olympics. Phelps learned the truth that Christians have known for centuries. That God is not our enemy, that God is our friend. You know, if you know the Lord, you know that God is your friend, you know that, but often we need a little bit of reinforcement. So this summer we're studying the different names of God that we see throughout Scripture. There are over a hundred names of God, one God, lots of different names uh, that help us to see the different ways that God is at work in our lives in this world, in the big stuff and in the small stuff. The names help us to go to know the essential character and nature of God and I want us to think about God as our friend who has a unique purpose for our lives. The premise of the book that Ray Lewis gave Michael Phelps is this. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by His purpose and for His purpose. That's the very first thing we read in chapter 1 of The Purpose Driven Life. Warren continues to help us to know that we are created for a purpose. Quote, you were made by God and for God. And until you understand that, life will never make sense. It is only in God that we discover our origin, our identity, our meaning, our purpose, our significance, and our destiny. Every other path leads to a dead end. And Michael Phelps was able to see this and apply it to his life. Warren helps us to see that you and I were formed for God's family. Because God is love, as we've heard in the Scriptures, God treasures relationships. God in His very nature is relational, and God identifies with family terms. God is Father, God is Son, God is Spirit. The Holy Trinity is God's relationship to God's self. Uh, God has always existed in this triune relationship and if you think about it God's like why should I keep that to myself as God Uh, this needs to be shared so God created and God made you and me and God placed us on this earth that we could be in relationship with one another and with God and when you think about spiritual friendship that we have here in the church, that's because God created that. So you and I were formed for God's family. Because God formed us for His family, we are not supposed to go through life alone. Stephen, your testimony is a perfect example of that. We aren't supposed to go through this life alone. Genesis 2, 1 in verse, Genesis 2 verse 18 the second creation narrative that you see if you start reading Genesis, the narrator says, then the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper for him. And God created the woman to be alongside the man. The relational nature of God replicated for all of earth to enjoy. So if we're created for God's family, made for relationship on earth and it is in heaven, then it makes perfect sense for God to be called our friend. We sing a lot of songs about this. What a friend we have in Jesus is one of my favorite hymns. Or in 11 o'clock service, Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Or on 95, you might 90.5, you might have heard the song, friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Some of you might Know that song. Jesus said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, to lay lay down one's life for one's friends. Even though you and I are sinful people, even though we fall short of God's expectations, God still loves us. God's love is so great that we are called children of God. We are part of God's family. In the Old Testament, though, this concept would have been foreign. You don't see so much of God being someone's friend in the Old Testament. There are a few of the spiritual greats who we see were friends of God. Moses, friend of God. Abraham was called God's friend. David was a man after God's own heart. Job, Enoch, and Noah were people who had a very close relationship with God, intimate relationship with God. But generally in the Hebrew Scriptures, the fear of God was the most common way that people related to God. They didn't want to say God's name. Uh, it was understood that if you saw God, that you would die. That God was so holy that if you saw God, that, that you would die. So that's this, the way people thought that thinking of God as my friend or my buddy or somebody who's with me that I could talk to conversationally was a foreign concept. If you were a Hebrew and reading the, the Scriptures in worship and you came to God's name, uh, we say it Yahweh. And, uh, but back then, if you came along to God's name in the Scriptures, you would not say Yahweh. That would be disrespectful, and there was a chance that you could slip into um, saying the, the name of God in vain. So they were so afraid of this that the, the Hebrews had a uh, literary device in the Scripture that kept them from doing that, and, and it was called the Tetragrammaton. On the screen, you'll see the four Hebrew characters in the name of God. We, that's where we get Yahweh, But in the Hebrew Scriptures, if you were reading the Scripture right to left and you came across Yahweh, you were trained to say Adonai. And Adonai means Lord in the Scriptures. So even though you saw Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh, the four Hebrew characters, we pronounce Yahweh, you, you would say Adonai. So this understanding of God as friend was not something that the Hebrews would have identified with but when Jesus came, everything changed. And then God was known as our friend because He came to earth to identify with all of the fullness of the human condition. God came, became one of us. And on the night that, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, Jesus led the 11 disciples out of the city of Jerusalem. And they went down to the Kidron Valley up toward the Mount of Olives where they often spent time Judas had already departed by this time. And Arthur Bruce Wilkinson, in a book that he wrote, Secrets of the Vine, paints a picture of what the disciples may have experienced on that evening. And he writes, Along the terraces that follow the curve of the valley, they pass through the ancient vineyards. They walk in a single file, in single file between rows of neatly tended grapes, plants that have been bearing fruit for generations. To the left above them, the tower the city walls, and the ramparts of the temple. Ahead and to the right rises the Mount of Olives where Gethsemane and betrayal await. Here, Jesus stops. Hemmed in by rows of vines, the disciples gather around. Lamps and torches sputter in the night air and flicker in their eyes. Jesus reaches for a grape branch. Showing signs of new spring growth, the woody stem lies across his hand in a golden light. And now he begins and he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. And then verses 1 through 5 of chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit While every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And then verse 4, Remain in Me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither you can bear fruit unless you remain in the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in Me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from Me, you can do nothing. Jesus taught His disciples the most important lesson they would need for the journey ahead, and that was to abide, to remain in His love. And He revealed the secret to this abiding. The secret to the abiding, to the remaining connected to the vine, is friendship. He said, you are My friends. I no longer call you servants. Instead, I call you friends. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And then Jesus said, love each other. The heart of friendship is to abide in the love of God and to remain in that love, to remain connected to the vine. Apart from Him, we can do nothing. This whole understanding of Jesus being our friend and God being our friend and we being friends of God comes in this in the context of this passage the night before jesus died on the cross he's out there and he's using the vineyard as a tangible living parable and he says guys just as these grapes abide in the vine you must abide in me god is our friend And He sealed that friendship through the ultimate act of selfless love when His Son Jesus Christ willingly paid the price for our sins, died on the cross for our forgiveness and for our eternity. Greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his friends. God is unlike any earthly friend. God will never betray you. God will never fail you. God will never talk back behind your back God will never bully you, belittle you, shame you, judge you, condemn you, or lie to you. God will never say anything untruthful to you on the social media. God is love. And Jesus is the perfect manifestation of the love of God shown to us that we might know how to live better on this broken planet. Sometimes people are just out for number one. Sometimes people will say they're your friend and then they will fail you. God will never fail you, and I promise you that. If you've been following the Olympics, you've heard the Ryan Lochte story about how a bunch—I uh, think it was four of the uh, swimming Olympian swimming team guys—were out and they made some poor choices and uh, tried to cover it up, and it didn't work. And then, while Lochte's three friends were dealing with the authorities, where was he? On a plane back to the United States. And unfortunately, he regrets it and has apologized and all of that. But it's just an example of even the best of friends can make mistakes and hurt you. God is not like that. Our God will never leave us or forsake us. We are considered friends of God. And the Greek word that we find here three times in the passage that we read this morning in John 15 is philos. P-H-I-L-O-S. Philos. It means friend or relative. It occurs 28 times in the New Testament and refers to the close relationship that exists between believers and Jesus Christ. And it helps us to understand the mutual relationship that believers have with God, who is our friend. The Greek word is related to the word for love, phileo, which many of you have heard. There is agape love, unconditional love. There is eros love, which is more of a physical love. And there is phileo love, which is a brotherly love. And that's the kind of love that Jesus is speaking of when we are His friends. He loves us with agape love, but wants us to love each other with this phileo love. So, there are a few things if you're taking notes I'd like to share with you as we close today. Uh, I don't know about you, but I want to develop my friendship with God. Sometimes God I'm not such a good friend to others, and sometimes I'm not such a good friend to God. God's our best friend. How can we be a better friend to God? I believe that it's a daily process, that we have to work at it, that we have to work to develop our relationship with God. So there are two spiritual practices that I'd like to share and then there are four daily choices we must make the two daily spiritual practices first constant communication with god and second continual meditation on his word the first one constant communication with god this is simply praying without ceasing 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 paul says pray without ceasing pray continually The message version, pray all the time. Our goal is constant communication with God from when we go to bed in the morning till we rise in the evening, rise in the morning and go through our day. Constant communication with God. I don't know uh, how you do it, but God just desires that we talk to Him all the time. God desires to be invited to be a part of every single thing we do. Praying without ceasing. And the second, continual meditation on God's Word. The Scripture says, Oh, how I love Your law and meditate on it all day long. Psalm Psalm 119.97. This is where we take the Word of God and we meditate on it throughout the day. If If you've ever had struggles with meditation, it's simply taking a passage of Scripture reading it over and over again, and mulling it over in our mind throughout the day. If you you still struggle with that, think about this. Worry is when we have a problem and we mull over it all day long in our mind. That's worry. Meditation is the same thing just with Bible verses. Yeah? So we try to substitute our worrying for meditation on God's Word. And you know, as well as I do, that whenever you have that need, God will well up those passages of Scripture to help you get through whatever problem it is that you're facing. Have you ever just had a verse come to you? Have you ever had a friend sharing an issue with you and you had a verse that just welled up and you were able to share it with them and you didn't have to pull out your Bible? That is the fruit of meditation. When you have studied Scripture and you have Pondered it throughout the day, mold over it in your mind, and then the Holy Spirit will enable you to have it whenever the time is needed. You've got to work on these things, you and I do. You might have seen the article in last week's Times dispatch about Nick Sunberg. He's the long snapper for the Washington Redskins. Now you know that I'm an Eagles fan. But I thought that his story was so good that I would share it with you. He was asked, the hard, what's the hardest thing about being a long snapper? And he said, it forms when you're young. It just happened that I had a really good coach who pushed me really hard. But the more, the more you do it when you're young, because your muscles, your body, brain are so smart, you do something over and over again, you just figure it out. There's not an exact number of snaps but it is said that if you, do, you have something to do and you do it 10,000 times, that's how you perfect it. It's not hard if you practice enough. The Olympic athletes know this. Anything that you desire to excel at takes practice. And there's some studies that show if you start doing something when you're young to perfect it by the age of around 20 you would have spent some 10,000 hours in that practice time. Whether it's the arts or whether it's gymnastics or whether it's another form of sport or anything that you want to do in life and excel at it, it takes practice. So if you and I want to be better friends of God to develop that friendship, we've got to work at it and continue in that prayer and in that meditation. Never give up. And now if you're taking notes in our time left... There are some some daily choices we've got to make. The two spiritual practices that drive us and then the four daily choices. And I'm just going to give you these really quick and I've given you some Bible verses in your sermon notes that you can study on your own. We've got to be honest with God. Okay? We've got to be straight up with God to let Him know what's going on. Pour out your heart before Him. We've got to choose to obey God in faith. The Scripture says, You are my friends if you do what I command. We've got to obey God in faith. Value what God values. God's agenda should be important to us. God's agenda should be our agenda. If we are friends of God. We've got to choose to be honest with God. We've got to choose to obey God in faith. We've got to choose to value the same things that God values. And we've got to desire friendship with God more than anything else. More than any other human relationship we have, God must come first. Paul writes in Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and the participation in His sufferings to become like Him in His death. I want to know Christ. I desperately want to know Christ and to be a better friend of God. Two daily spiritual practices and four choices as we pray. There's a great story I'd like to share with you, our praise team, coming up. Whether you're in sales, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a student in school, whether you are a stay-at-home parent, we can put to these practices to work as friends of God. See Austin Miles was a pharmacist, but he loved to write music and he loved photography. And one day in 1912, he was developing some film in his dark room. Now, today, not many of us develop film anymore. It's all digital. But back in the day, you had to take pictures with film, and then you had to develop it using chemicals in a very dark room. While he was waiting on his film to develop, he would have his quiet time with God, and he would read his Bible. Well, on this one particular day in March of 1912, he's in his dark room, developing film, and he opens his Bible to John chapter 20, his favorite chapter in the Bible. And he started reading the story where Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and discovered that it was empty. And she thought that Jesus was the gardener, and then Jesus called her name, and you know the story. And he said, Miles did, that he felt that he was in the story, that he visualized or imagined himself in the story. He said this, I awakened in full light, gripping my Bible, shaking all over. Under the inspiration of this vision, I wrote as quickly as I could the words that formed the poem exactly as it has since appeared. Word for word, right there in his dark room after having been inspired through the Holy Spirit and Scripture. And that same evening, I wrote the music. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. He speaks, and the sounds of His voice is so sweet, the birds hush their singing. And the melody that He gave to me within my heart is, is ringing. I'd stay in the garden with Him, though the night around me be falling. But He bids me go through the voice of woe. His voice to me is calling. And He walks with me. And He talks with me. And He tells me I am His own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. In the garden. God, our friend. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, we thank You for this time this morning that we can understand from Jesus that You are our friend and that we no longer have to feel that You are a far away, distant God, but God, that You are close, that You are with us in good times and in bad and that we can call You friend that you walk with us and you talk with us and you tell us that that we are your own. You'll never leave us alone. Thank you for being our friend, God. Help us to be better friends to you. In Jesus' name.